0: Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a new guide that I've put together that I reckon you are gonna love. If you've ever felt stuck for content ideas for Instagram or social media, then this is for you. I've put together 17 creative content ideas to grow your Instagram and land new clients. This strategic content approach engages your audience, grows your following, and attracts a flood of clients to your business. If you want access, you can get access for free right now. Head on over to mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash creative content, and you'll find everything you need to get access to that incredible new guide. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. I hope that you're having a wonderful week so far. Today we are talking all things wealth we're talking about money. How good. (laughs) Now today we're joined by Joe Stefan, who is actually a client of mine. And he is, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because he is the co-founder of a private wealth management firm, Stefan Independent Advisory, based out of Melbourne here in Australia. And really what Joe does is he helps successful family business owners to build their long-term wealth strategy. Now you might hear that and think, what the heck, I'm just trying to make ends meet in my business. I'm just trying to kind of pay all my staff, pay myself, pay myself a normal wage that I actually, you know, am worth. (laughs) You might feel a bit like that, but this conversation is for you, even if you feel like that at this point, because you might hear, okay, look, we're talking about wealth. I'm just trying to build my business and I'm in the grind of building my business right now. But it's really important that we have a concept of our long-term wealth strategy. And that's what we're talking about today. We're actually talking about why you need a long-term wealth strategy, how to actually build that. And how to use your business to actually support your personal financial goals. So it's not just that you your business is your entire financial security. You're actually using that to build your personal financial wealth just a little bit more about joe before we begin joe has seen and helped some of australia's most successful family business owners alleviate the burden of being solely responsible for their family's financial future he also is the host of it's never about money a podcast where he interviews successful people to kind of reverse engineer their success you are going to love this conversation with myself and joe stefan let's dive straight in Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You and I, we work together a bunch and, you know, I've really loved seeing how you've built um, and, and really how you've, how you approach your business. And so I really am excited about chatting about how we can really build our businesses around our, I guess, our strengths and build our businesses from the ground up with future success in mind and i feel like you're kind of the expert at this so tell us a little bit about stefan independent advisory what do you do and and how did you start your business uh
1: thanks for having me on laura i'm really excited as you've said like we have many a chat and we've worked together for a while so i'm excited to be on um as you know um but for the for the for the listeners um and the community um Stefan Independent Advisory is a, I suppose, a traditional financial planning practice first and foremost, and um, or wealth management, depending on who wh- who says what. But um, <laughs> basically, you know, we look after family focused business owners, and um, you know, um, families that are charitable and have foundations and so on. And that um, sort of niche that we uh, look after um, had taken some time to develop, but that's um, that's very much. Uh, what we do, we we make you know the complex financial markets and the decisions that families have to make a little easier and simpler, um, and take that sort of burden, burden and anxiety um, of the, of the you know the family leaders. Um, we take that burden and anxiety off their shoulders, really, so that so that they can do what they do best, which is run a business, look after their family, and uh, we take care of the rest as much as we possibly can.
0: Yeah, and. And I love that your focus is really on family business. And for a lot of our listeners, they are starting their businesses Mm. or they maybe are a couple of years into their business. And one other thing that you you do is, amongst many things, you are such a creative person. You release your own music. You you do all these different things. But one other thing that you do is you have a podcast called It's Never About Money. Yeah. And I kind of, I feel like that's going to be a part of what we talk about today because really what you're doing with the podcast is you're interviewing successful people and you're kind of reverse engineering their success to, to really see okay, what were the key decisions they made along mm. the way? And yes, they've achieved financial success, which is kind of your whole you know thing as a financial advisor, mm. but is it really just about money? And I love that you are discussing this with people. So- Mm-hmm. One thing I really wanted to chat with you about today is in your conversations with people, you know, you're interviewing incredible business owners, you're interviewing ASX listed companies, some of them are your clients, you've taken them from starting out to huge success financially. What do you think is the common thread between all of these crazy successful people that you come across, that you work with, that you interview?
1: Mm-hmm. Um Thanks, Laura. I, I think I would amend one part of your comment, which is that I think that largely the people that have um, taken themselves to ASX-listed status have done it all on their own. And my my responsibility is to simply um, guide them from a personal financial uh, planning point of view and make sure yeah. that they're, you know, they're, they're actually not making any mistakes along the way. Um, but, you know, these people are super largely responsible for their own... Um, you know their own, um, you know, success, and um, you know we we the only it's never about money thing. I'll address that sort of thing. You know, my insights have been more around the fact that you deal with so many different families, and just because one has a greater level of financial success than the other doesn't mean that one family is doing. Better or, or is more well or is, you know, um, happier than the other. And so that there are these other defining characteristics of what people do, how they behave and how they interact as a family that, um, and how they see their business um, and how that business interacts with their family that, that, that are really, really important um, components. And, you know, I think what we see is that um, business owners that don't change through the journey philosophically, Um, what their focus points are the whole way through the journey, regardless of where the business is from a financial point of view, seemingly are happier. So an example of it is where, you know, a client continues to um, purchase and buy those cars that they've always loved. For instance, they may have had a VW Golf GTI. Now, they, they love that VW Golf GTI. They've been, you know, upgrading for so many years. Now, all of a sudden, they fall into a lot of money. Does that change? No, it doesn't. Does it change their idea on how much money that they're going to give their children? Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they continue to not provide their their children anything but just the education um, that they want. They don't want to make their their kids spoilt and ungrateful. Um, Also, the focus points within their business, it's like um, they were passionate about what they did when they started and the passion is what they focused on. And the, the the success points were, you know, as an example, gratitude from clients. If we're talking about a professional services business like my own, like for me, I'm successful right now because I get gratitude from my clients. If I linked yeah. it to financial success, I haven't met my financial goals yet. So will I be always unhappy with that? Um, and, yeah. then, you know, so, so I'm, I build my KPIs in my own business around things that... I can kind of control and things that add well-being and vitality to me, and I think that's ultimately what the the business owners that I see do, and they're happy through the journey.
0: Yeah, isn't that so interesting? That, and I mean, this is your job. You're you're a financial advisor. You have like you've been an educator in financial advice as well. Like you, this is your whole thing. But I think it's so interesting, Joe, that this is your kind of your day job, but you're recognizing hey, it's actually not all about money and money and financial success can't be the only measurements of success in our business. And I think for a lot of people who are starting out, if it's like, well, I actually just want to make money from this thing that I'm passionate about, that is the key driver, right? Mm -hmm. When you start, it's like, hey, I love doing, I love, I'm a photographer. I love taking photos. If I could make money from this, then that's awesome but i love that as you develop in your business and your business kind of grows and you grow you start to recognize actually this isn't the this cannot be the only metric mm-hmm. of success and that must be kind of different in your industry do you find that that you kind of are you know everyone else is zigging and you're zagging in that sense because you're in an industry where it is like Let's, let's meet these financial targets. Let's, you know, it is the metric, right? Money is the metric. Maybe
1: some advisors perceive that by talking about money not being the be all and end all, that somehow people perceive that as being that you don't care about the financial strategies that you deliver. And that's couldn't be further from the truth, right? Money and the way that we strategize as a business is pretty much, you know, the the very, very um, most important thing that we do. But that doesn't mean that philosophically um, we believe that, you know, a person, as an example, should start a business on the basis that they want to make four or five million dollars by a certain age. I think in some ways, um, I'm not saying that they can't do that. They certainly can do that. But if someone follows that, follows the money only, maybe doesn't have the passion, um, maybe isn't doing it for the right reasons, hasn't really thought about the offering is just thinking all about maybe the money and the self-interest side of it. I think it creates distortions in their lives. So it can it can mean that you have a business that you're not happy with. You might be doing very, and I've seen this before, people are very, very successful financially, but going, what am I doing here? And what they might do in that business is they might go, at some point in time, they always have like a midlife crisis or something, and, they, and then they basically transform their business into what, they really wanted to begin with. And often they're just as financial, financially successful. But, you know, you've got that situation. You've also got people that are in a business that is, you know, financially successful, but it's taking them away from their family
0: and mm. they're
1: w- overworked. They're not looking after their health. And the reality of it is when they started it, they thought, well, yes, I'll get financial success, but I'll also be able to do this and that and the other. And the business is kind of a noose around their neck. Um, so, so, you know, we've got to be really careful about why we start a business and we've also got to be really self-reflective along the journey and go, is this doing what I intended it to do? And if it is not, then what do I do about it to change? How do I become more authentic as a business owner within the business, um, and, and be true to who I am and what my family needs?
0: Yeah. And, and I love that your approach is, is really about, Hey, success, financial success is one small part of overall success Mm. for you. Like with the people that you, you work with, because you, you work with a very, uh, it's like a very particular type of, of person and, and you work with only a a small number of clients, right? Yeah. What do you think are the common things that people go, Hey, actually for me, 10 years into my business, 15 years, 30 years into my business, or five years into my business, these are the key indicators of success. What do you see those as now that you work with and, and for yourself as well? What are the key indicators that you see outside of finance?
1: In terms of the business owners that are the most successful based upon the kind of things that we've been talking about just now, Laura? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, it's not going to be any surprise to you after what we've just said, is that passion um, yeah. and, and having a passion for what they do is just super important and apparent in those that are thriving and doing really well. Yeah. I would also say those that have a really good balance seemingly do really well. And when I say balance, they seem to be healthier. They seem to take care, care of themselves. Um, they seem, to understand what they do well and what they don't do well. And they also know how to delegate,
0: Mm.
1: Um, you know, so those are some of the contributing factors, Um, um, positive mindset and attitude, grateful people. They seem to be more resilient when things get difficult. Um, They also stick to the plan. You don't see them flopping and floating too much. You know, of course they change and they evolve. Right. But, but fundamentally, they're serving this type of client, this is the business that they operate, and you don't see them diversifying themselves across three or four different businesses. They've got their passion play, and that's what they do.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and often there's, you know, when you talk to these business owners, there's usually a breakthrough point where there's... And and a degree of, I'm making it sound terrible, but there's a degree of misery at one point in their life, you know? (laughs) Um, There's like this point where they're just like, I'm just, I've lost, I've lost why I'm doing this. And I'm seemingly looking at the metrics. I'm looking at the financials. I'm concentrating on those things. And I feel like I'm distracted from what was the enjoyment of the business And they reflect strongly and then they change. They're courageous Mm. and they change. And they change for the better and it sets them up to win. So uh, you, you hear the story or the arc of a successful business owner and it usually starts with passion. It usually, you know, you go through the journey, they start to get some success and then something changes in their mindset when they start to get some success they realise that they're unhappy with what they've become or what the maybe how, how they think about their business. Maybe they're overworked, they're overrun. Maybe they're just concentrating on the financials and not all the other stuff. Maybe they've lost their way a bit. They self-reflect, they go to ground, they come back and they come back even better than they were before because they make yeah. the changes necessary to make sure that the business works for them, not the other way around. And I know that's very global and that's very general. I understand that. It's really difficult to distill and give you specific examples. You know, I'm giving you the kind of overarching way yeah. that it kind of works.
0: Do you think, Joe, there's like a chicken and egg scenario of people can be courageous because they have financial stability? Or do you think it's you gain financial stability and financial freedom when you can be courageous? Is it. Is it one before the other, or do you think it's just kind of like a beautiful mess of both at the same time? Yeah,
1: it's probably a bit of a bit of both, but of course, it you'd be you'd be uh, it wouldn't be pragmatic to sit here and say that, um, you know, if you all of a sudden come into a lot of wealth, obviously there's more choices, and so you can take more risk to an extent. But also, if the mindset is that all of a sudden I've accumulated all this wealth, there's a big amount of responsibility that comes with that, so you can also be risk averse on that front too. Yeah, I would say these people are courageous, regardless of yes you know their financial situation they back themselves in i mean you know you, you, you sit down with them and you have a chat to them and you just go i want to buy in i want to yes. buy into if if you know i want to buy into your business but ultimately i want to buy into you cuz i actually have confidence that you will make the right calls and the right decisions and be courageous when you need to and, and um and and act in such a way that you serve your passion uh, not that you serve yourself, because serving your passion ultimately is that is 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 going to come back to you um, yeah, and um, yeah, so so yeah, mm.
0: I totally see that, and I think you know in a lot of the online space and and for a lot of people listening, you know they use Instagram a lot to really get new clients, get new customers and and that's really the springboard for their business, and it's an incredible tool, and it really means that you have access to people you've never had access to before because of the beautiful thing that is the internet. But I think what's interesting is that I see a trend of people, you know, particularly course creators, you know, you see it in certain industries. Real estate is a big one where it's like, hey, we did this and we're really awesome and we made this much money and we sold this many things. And and the only metric is the finances. And for me, that really irks me because I'm like, well, actually, I, I'm i more interested in how many people did you help? How many, like, what is the transformation you're offering people? And so I think it's really an interesting time to be in business because people feel this weird thing of like, I'm going to share how much money I'm making. I'm going to share like these- yeah. Yeah. these metrics. And I find it really weird. Do you find like these people that you speak with and, and the people that you work with who are, you know, doing really well financially, do, do they behave in that way as well? Like, is that?
1: No. Because no. that
0: feels weird to me.
1: No, they don't, they don't get sucked in. Uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking about a particular on the, uh, I can't remember which circulation came out, but I used to uh, as I was reading the, the, the age paper in the past, I would see this particular financial advisory company come up with these ads and I would look at them um, and think to myself, this is the cheesiest, most gimmicky uh, thing that I have seen. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you, you plonk a couple of um, elder statesmen in the picture and it does give a degree of confidence. But at the same time, when you look at what, this, what they're stating, um, I never felt quite comfortable with it. And I thought, oh, gimmicky, gimmicky marketing. Um, yeah. Like recently I just looked at the news um, and they're in voluntary administration for giving poor advice um, and it's non-surprising to me. I mean, it's gimmicking marketing and I think, you know, a lot of the time um, not, you know, self-interested marketing um, and, and, and not about what the value is, not about yes. – they're not thinking about marketing in such a way to talk to their ideal clients about how much they – they they're passionate about helping them. It's it's yeah. you know you just get a sense of superficiality or something in those uh-huh. in those campaigns, and so the best of the best, they the businesses I, I think and the business leaders that are within them really understand their clients super well, and they understand what they need, and they push that, and and that can never be gimmicky. I don't think.
0: Yeah. So wait the 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 person who is running the ads with all the, like, shiny marketing campaigns. They went into voluntary yeah, administration.
1: I just remember looking at it. and Yes, they did, absolutely. And I just remember looking at it as a financial advisor and I'm on a conservative side of marketing. Um, as you know, Laura, yeah. I'm always saying, you know, how do, <laughs> how do I look here? I want to give, make sure that I'm giving information and it's not just, you know. And I was looking at it and, and you know, uh, I just felt in my gut, this is, you know, it's tacky. Um, yes. Now, maybe it's a long... Um, bow to draw to say that the tacky marketing it's not surprising to me that the tacky marketing ends up being a situation where they're giving poor advice because you can have tacky marketing and they're doing the right thing behind the scenes. But yeah I looked at it and I thought, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Not surprising. Um, and yeah, I, I just think I just think when we when we follow self interest, it's obvious. It yes. comes it comes out in a number of different ways. Yeah,
0: yeah. That that makes so much sense to me, and I I love that that aligns with, you know, your experience as well. So for someone who's, for our listeners who are yep. really in the throes of this startup, mm-hmm. it can feel like a bit of a grind. Yep. The whole thing that you said about like it can there are moments of misery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, 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 there may be a moment of um, phase of misery, and then and then and then you get out of it. I promise. I promise. <laughs>
0: but. So that that you know, I really relate to that. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> I hope not, Laura. I hope not.
0: No, but I get it. I get I hope it. it's over. So it's over. It's over. It's good. But what would you say to someone who is starting out and who really wants, who really wants to think seriously about, okay, how can I use this business mm. to build to not just be a job where I make money every single week? I've kind of. I've just got a job and I, I'm i in technician mode and I'm just delivering a service where if I stop working, I don't have any income. Like they're kind of at that phase where it's like, if I, if I stop, I'm not making any money. What would you say to someone who is starting out and is in that point? How do we, how should we be thinking about building our wealth? Because you're like the yeah. expert at wealth management. How do we actually build this mindset of okay, I need to create a business that a aligns with my view of success but also B supports me financially so I you know don't have to keep trading my time for money and that's probably like ten different questions in one yeah it's a
1: tough question to answer but perhaps I can answer it in a way to describe the sort of the, the my my philosophy on wealth and how it sort of starts out so yes. you know, Let's talk about business wealth as an example. You know, in the early starts, in the early phases of a business, it's pretty hard not to see that the business is pretty much your nest egg, right? So you've Correct. created this thing because you want a better life for yourself, and largely, you know, people's wealth, especially when they're business owners, um, their wealth really will come and constant be concentrated in the business wealth bucket, right? You know, yes. that's that that's that's how it's going to grow. And you know, a financial planner telling you that they're going to create uh, oodles of wealth for you. Um, is is, is not really what we're trying to do here. You know, you're going to create your own oodles of wealth, right? And then we're going to be able to assist as financial advisors guide you in making good decisions with that wealth accumulation. But in the early parts of creating a business, there's no doubt that your mindset will be, this business is everything financially to my family. Mm. Now, that's a mindset that works early on, or it's something that needs to be thought of in that way. But at some point in time, Once you've been able to alleviate or, sorry, once you've been able to um, extract yourself from the uh, technician mode, from the day-to-day operations and, say, the carpenter being the carpenter to the carpenter being the business owner of the carpentry business, once you've been able to separate yourself from that, and that's a whole phase that every single business owner just needs to go through. So be patient. It's not unusual. But to be a Mm -hmm. real business owner is to be one that, in my opinion, has kind of... um, Maybe extracted themselves from the things that they don't necessarily want to do, and they're making the decision. It's more of a decision-making sort of situation, um, and the business can run itself regardless of whether the owner is in there or not. Maybe that's the maybe that's what it uh, you know a true a true fully formed business is. So once you start to generate cash flows that are you know uh, pretty strong, and that the business is starting to generate um, you know internally um, cash in there. The idea of the business being your nest egg needs to start to move to how do we actually diversify away from the business and start investing outside of the business so that I'm not reliant on the success of the business to meet my family's needs? Because then all of a sudden you think to yourself, well, now I can just enjoy my business for what it is and I don't feel... Like it is the day-to-day volatility of the business affects my family because I'm investing in such a way to diversify, to leverage away from it. So, yeah. and that's what we call the core wealth bucket, the financial independence bucket, the bucket outside of the business. Um, say in the future, you might sell your business for $0. It doesn't matter because you're financially independent because you've built that core wealth bucket over time, right? Yeah. And so that would be things like putting kids through education, making sure that you can meet your current lifestyle, making sure that you can meet your future lifestyle in retirement, making sure that you can provide inheritances to the kids, provide charitable donations to, you know, you know, all of those types of things that you wanted to do in your life, you can do so from this core wealth bucket, which has been inflated from the business wealth bucket.
0: Yes. Okay, so the wealth of the business, so you're building the business, you're doing all the work, you're kind of grinding to to build the business mm. to a point where it is almost – I, I use self-sustaining whatever yeah. as like a word, but yeah. it, it's maybe a little more complex than that. But you're building the business so it kind of looks after itself and then you're using strategy to to take the wealth that you're earning or the, the financial success that you're having in the business to diversify it and take it out of the business yes. so it's not all your eggs aren't in the, the business bas- because, basket.
1: Because what 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 we want to do as well, it's interesting that – um, when it comes to personal wealth accumulation or wealth management the entrepreneurial mindset is not a good mindset in personal wealth management <laughs> because right. well, it's not it's simply not because yeah. because entrepreneurial mindsets are kind of adaptive they can be quite spontaneous um, and 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 they can look for performance for the sake of performance in and of itself and it can lead itself to bad decision making. Um, you know, oh, my friend's starting a business, I'm going to put some money into that. They're, like business owners are inherently risk-taking. Now, when you are risk-taking within your own business, there's an element of control there. But where you take the money and you start to invest it elsewhere where there is little control over what's happening, say another friend who has a business, well, you don't have much control over what that person is doing. You can mm-hmm. lose a lot of money that way. So the uh-huh. idea is to keep the risk concentrated in your business and to start to diversify again, Laura—that buzzword, you know—in um, in a way, the de- leverage take away the risks by investing in a very sustainable, pragmatic, evidence-based way. Um, yeah. To to advantage yourself for things that what we consider not negotiable—it's absolutely not negotiable to some people that they put themselves put their kids through certain schools. So yes. you can't take an entrepreneurial mindset, and invest in such a way that compromises your capacity to meet those certain trigger events in the future financially
0: right and so i love that thought because i'd never thought about the fact that inherently as a as an entrepreneur as a business owner you are like re, uh, like i know of myself i'm like i'm happy to go okay cool we're going to do this we're going to invest money here i can change course in my business very quickly mm-hmm. because i'm like great This is what we're gonna do. And to the point now where I've said to my team, we're not allowed, like I'm not allowed to do that at this point, because we need to double down on, we need to actually focus in on the one thing. But I think in the beginning, it's really important to be able to be dynamic and to do all of that. But I love that distinction of, well, when it comes to your personal wealth, there needs to be more long-term strategy. And And your whole thing is you're thinking about long-term wealth, long-term legacy. And so, when you're working with people and and you're kind of mapping this these like mm-hmm. this core wealth bucket mm-hmm. this whole thing out, mm-hmm. how do you actually determine, you know, if someone hasn't ever thought about okay, well, what is my ideal lifestyle? Mm-hmm. how do How do you actually determine that that vision for their for their life?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, last time I counted, it was about sixty five questions, Laura. Um, <laughs> really? Over, yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the starting point of it. Um, sixty five questions over ninety minutes, and I was commenting to James my business partner and brother the other day that, geez, for, for some meetings, I, I struggle to get, you know, it, it through in 90 minutes, but, you know, you know, how much yeah. does it take? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the answer to your question is to ask the relevant questions around where a person wants to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time and for them to distill it and break it down for me and to end up assigning a price tag to that ideal life. So you might be, having a a, a quite a modest you might need quite a modest capital amount to meet your future lifestyle expenditure and you're going to easily get that and if you can easily get that then maybe anything above and beyond that you can start to speculate with and you can be a bit more entrepreneurial with the capital but in most scenarios people have a high expectation for what they want in their future and so that means that the capital amount that they need to have is high and often they are Playing catch-up footy to try to get there, and so yes. we then need to make really smart decisions to meet these not negotiable, you know, to finance these not negotiable expenditures. Um, and and, and that it, it can be likely that in a lot of people, a lot of Australians' lives, that they'll never get the opportunity to to have play money, money that they could potentially lose all
0: yeah and that's
1: okay then that's absolutely okay because if you're meeting all your goals your kids at ed- education you know being able to do so many different things that's a life well led right but it's just you don't have the opportunity to to you know invest in a you know friends business for it to go belly up you've just got to be careful
0: yeah so you think and i just want to make sure i got this flow right mm-hmm. so we have our business wealth up here mm-hmm. And then we funnel that down into our core wealth. Yep. And you know, of course we're being wise in how we do that. Yeah. But our core wealth is really the things we need in our life to like just live our lives. Yes. Um, our big, big goals, yeah, putting kids through education, all those all those things, buying houses, whatever that looks mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. And then from that core wealth, once you've got that sorted, mm-hmm. what what comes next after that?
1: Well, well, I, I probably, to make it simple, avoided one other uh, point is that usually what happens is once a person actually has business wealth, the first step is to actually buy a house or to look for a holiday home or to buy cars and to do all that. Yeah. And, and i call that lifestyle wealth. Like I call that the bucket that's yeah. not really investment in a sense. It's more, I need to live in a certain way. And so what happens often, if people don't know how much it costs them to be financially independent, then they basically go and blow most of their money on the home.
0: Right. So- but- if they don't have core wealth sorted, yep. then a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to Airbnb up at Sortel anymore. I want to buy a house up there. But you're kind of going, no, well, you don't have your core wealth sorted yet. So,
1: Well, it, you- I'm simply saying, Laura, that there is a a, a a tension between the family home. I'm making it very basic now. So just yeah. if, just for simplicity, like, and to make it easy for me to explain. But, you know, there's a kind of tension between the, 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 the Taj Mahal home. And, yeah. and and you know, being able to put kids through education and retirement and, you know, being financially independent. So, yes. what happens often is that people don't look at that financial independence side because they don't understand or haven't thought about really in great detail, you know, what their future life looks like. So, you can't create, you can't understand the bucket if you don't understand what the future life looks like. And then what happens is I'm, I'm into this money now all of a sudden from the business I can just buy a home and then they don't have a clear indication of budget other than how much they can afford to spend based upon a mortgage broker saying, well, you can borrow this amount. So
0: um,
1: that can interfere significantly with their financial independence. Now, if the family home and financial security in that sense is really, really important to them, all good and well, but if financial independence going and traveling and having flexibility and you know, putting kids through certain schools and all of that that we talked about is really, really important to them. Well, you're doing yourself a disservice by potentially buying the home at that value or buying an additional holiday home or buying a Ferrari or, you know, those lifestyle wealth components. So, so again, just to reconceptualize everything, you've got business wealth. Then what happens is it goes into lifestyle wealth, home, holiday home, and so on. And then all of a sudden people start to go, oh, well, I need to retire. I need to do this for schools, all of that. That's what we call core wealth. Yeah. Now, if that is sorted, if all of those three are sorted, the last quadrant is what we call venture wealth. Venture wealth is charity, investing in businesses, um you know starting up funds you know lending to people um investing in speculative assets like cryptocurrency um all of those types of things that people like to do but they do it really early (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah okay that makes a lot of sense and i love that there's a bit of strategy around that because it it really gives a bit of context of hey the business is here The business, like we build a business for financial freedom or freedom in general, I think. And so for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people listening, you might have a young family and it might be that, well, I don't want to be, have to work 60 hours a week in my business and still feel like I don't have time with my family and, you know, financial freedom. Do you think these... These values that we have they shift in time, and mm. and you know it might be if you have young kids, it's like well I want to have time with my kids. I don't want to work every day, you know. Or you know I think about in COVID, in in all of this the lockdowns and everything. I realized, hey, I want to have a a I want to have a lot of money in my bank just mm. if something mm. happens and you know we lose work or something. I want to have some level of security personally Mm -hmm. as well. So do you think, how do we adjust as our values change or evolve? Is it just coming back to the drawing board and then going, okay, cool. Well, this is my life right now. Mm -hmm. This is how much I need to live. Mm -hmm. How do we actually adjust our strategy as we go?
1: This is why we have a small number of clients, Laura. I mean, the reality (laughs) of it is business owners, like from the point of view of business owners and their financials, it changes yearly, like, and significantly. People go to me, um, oh, you know, I'm just letting you know things change pretty quick. And I'm like, I'm yeah. just letting you know this is what we know. So we have to be super yes. di- super dynamic. So, you know, I would say that, and the values change, right, like you said. So circumstances change, such as, you um, um, you know, what we've just gone through, which I'll, will remain nameless because I'm trying to not speak about it as much, but what we've oh just gone through, yeah, um, has <laughs> meant that a lot of people have changed their mindset on a lot of different things. So these yes. things need to be updated and refined and reviewed in the financial plans that are created, the roadmaps that are created. Um, what we create, like as an example, if we create a financial plan for a client, um, um, it is absolutely, as soon as we've done it, Um there's some parts of it that already need to be changed um, yeah and and so we have an adaptive progress meeting um, type um, structure that yeah. allows us to ask the relevant questions to review the goals the values all of that stuff and then to re inject those inputs back into the plan and amend them changing future uh, cash flow projections um, and, and 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 that's all you really can do um,
0: yeah
1: because you're right. It is it's super dynamic um, and and what you thought you wanted in your 20s is very different to what you would want in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s.
0: And I think it's really interesting because I think about even friends of mine who don't run a business, it's a very different situation because it's like they have a job, their job pays, you know, they take out – the the employer takes out super, they do all that stuff, they pay the tax for them, mm. they do all that stuff for mm. you. So it is very different as a business owner mm. and as, you know, for anyone listening who is starting out, mm. you need to think about your finances differently as a business owner because it's it's not the same as your friends who just have, have a career and have employers because it doesn't – you need to manage this. A lot of the time you're managing this yourself, mm. which is – crazy if you don't know you know when I started I was not paying myself super I was not even thinking about tax like I was like yeah I'm a creative and I'm just like whatever
1: this is this is completely normal right like so what we want to say about that particular experience that you've had I've had yeah we've all gone through the scenario where we're pitching to clients and thinking to ourselves oh my god like I'm pitching to this client (laughs) with this amount of wealth and I'm not even 1% of their, of their wealth, you know, and is is that okay? And, uh, and, and, you know, my business is still, you know, starting out and, and um, can I pitch, you know, to this client and and feel successful and, and all of that stuff. And so, you know, I think it comes back to not worrying about where you are financially and about concentrating on your passion and concentrating yes. on, on the other success characteristics cuz then it it's not as ner- it's not as nerve-wracking i suppose but we all go through that we all go through not paying ourselves super we all go through making compromises um you know um a- a- along the journey paying ourselves substandard wages for a long period of time thinking is anyone else doing that out there well i can yeah. tell you i knew of financial planners that were colleagues and friends of mine in university um that you know would be going out working for banks and making so much money, and I would think to myself at the time, "Wow, I'm getting paid unders," but I was so happy. Still, I was still happy. I was, I felt successful. I thought, "No, no, I know what I'm doing. I know, I know why I'm doing it." And the business is giving me back a lot in health and lifestyle, and uh, you know, grateful clients. So, yeah. so we all have to go through that that process. So it's for everyone out there listening, starting up. It's enjoy this. Like, don't settle for it, but enjoy it. Smell the roses. You know, have an 80 BPM heart rate or maybe even lower (laughs) if you do some exercise. You know, have a resting heart rate of 70 BPM during the day while you're doing things. But when you think about the future, let your BPM get up a little bit. Be a little bit nervous about the future, but enjoy the moment and smell the roses now.
0: Yes. Oh, I love it. Joe. this is so helpful. And I know that you and I, we talk all the time, but this is that that idea of using your wealth, using your business wealth to build your personal core wealth, yeah. and then it's like putting on the uh, what do they say in the in the when you go on an airplane? It's been so long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, here we go again. We're going to talk about the past, aren't we? We're going to talk no, about the credit so vouchers, long. the credit vouchers from Jetstar that are just sitting there, and I don't even know. what to I do. know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Actually, the week that. All the covid stuff happened again in Melbourne. Yeah. I was down having a meeting with you in Melbourne. Yep. And I remember we were sitting, we did our big session yep. you, James and I and I left and then like all these news things came up going, yeah, there's a covid outbreak in um in Melbourne and I was thinking I'm not telling anyone that I've been here. <laughs> got on the plane, went home. That's the last time I've been on a plane. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's, nah, it's i, I got to get out of here. Yeah. But what my point was, you know how they say to put them?
1: Um, the, the oxygen mask, you mean? The
0: oxygen mask. Yeah. Oxygen mask on yourself first. And to me that seems like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but that seems like your core wealth is like get those things sorted first, mm. then you can move into your other... You're kind of fun, play money, and then you're investing yeah. fun things I, as well.
1: I, I would, yes. I, I think I think the, the response and the answer to that would be just be mindful of what the core wealth is. You don't need to necessarily be on top of it straight away. You know, it's going to be hard for a business owner who's starting out to be on top of core wealth. You just got to be mindful of what it is. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be quite actually, if you think about it, can be quite um, stressful to think, oh, geez. I need 4 million to run my life and I've got basically negative at the moment because I've invested through a loan into a business and so somehow this business has got to create this $4 million and it's got to create it by the time I'm X age. So it can be quite daunting. But the idea is to understand that there is core wealth and it is important and by, by, you know, investing or buying in, uh, you know, to the holiday home or the lifestyle assets, that there is a compromise, and the compromise could be your future. So, um, for some people, it's not, and good luck to them. And but there's very few that don't have a compromise, and so you just need to understand that and then make the decision. If it is that lifestyle is important and the home is important, then go for it. And if you yeah. want to compromise the future and you play catch up later, great. You never yes. know what could happen. Back yourself in. That's fine, but you got to know.
0: Yeah. Oh, that makes that makes so so much sense. Yeah. Okay. I want to finish with some rapid fire questions for you, Joe. You know, I'm not good at this, like-
1: Laura. This is my worst part. I feel I'm, like... <laughs> be- because rapid fire is not the way I do things. So <laughs> Rapid.
0: No, but it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Okay. okay. So finish this sentence. Success looks like...
1: Receiving emails of gratitude from clients that are incredibly happy with what we've done and being able to take bonuses in time, not money, as we continue to financially succeed.
0: Yes. Oh, I, that's really, really good. Okay. One thing small business owners need to stop doing today. Well,
1: I think we've addressed the kind of a lot of it, but being entrepreneurial with their family's personal financials, um, that can really lead to ruin. And um, they need to stop thinking about their business as being their sole nest egg. Um, it's it's, it's, it's going to help, but it's not the only thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I need to take that advice on board. That's good. Okay, final one. The biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started your business?
1: hmm again i think we've talked about it but you know stress doesn't make your business grow any faster um be driven but smell the roses you know make sure that you uh have a resting heart rate of 80 70 bpm when you're smelling the roses and doing the day-to-day but when you think about the future it's okay to be a little bit anxious that's okay
0: yeah stress doesn't make your business grow any faster ah that's that's the best. That's the best. You know, thing. <laughs> as well,
1: like that thing, that idea. You know, people go, "I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy," and it's like some sort of badge of honor that they're working oh. crazy hours. Yep. I kind that kind of, I don't, I'm not judging them for it. I just find that kind of culture that's come from the past a bit repugnant. So, yes, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and for me, I think if I can, if it's a sunny day, and I can go, do you know what? I'm going to finish a little bit early, and I'm going to go for a swim in the ocean. Mm-hmm. That for me is a measure of success. I'm oh, like, okay, yeah. cool. I need to be able to do that. Like, and that is something that I really value. And again, it comes back to knowing what you value, knowing what you actually, what energizes you, what you care about. But I think that it's as simple as that. I think a lot of the time it's like, can you, can you go away for a weekend and not stress? Or can you, can you take an afternoon off and go for a swim and have a margarita?
1: Correct. Correct. Winning. Yeah, I mean, today, you know, I'm going to go to the gym um as well and I can do that and it's great and I can take off time I know a lot of people other people can do it but I'm really grateful for it you know I know I know that some people have less flexibility than I do Um, yes so you know be grateful for the things that you do have in the business because that'll allow you to have longevity and a bit of resilience over time. because you know it can be super challenging as we all know businesses right it can be just super challenging so you need these little moments of you know gratefulness about what you do have to really get you through.
0: Yeah, and and taking those wins as they come, I think, is so, yeah. so important. Yeah. Well, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. I feel very energised after this conversation. Where can people find you to chat with you more or connect with you online? Where's the best place? Well,
1: that's a, a great uh, question and you've done a lot of the work, um, Laura, <laughs> so thank you to, you know, my website is uh, um, in, in no small part uh, created by Laura and the team and um, you can see it uh, siadvisory.com.au and we've also got the podcast it's au. and we've um, some of the things that we've talked about today Laura I've got in the um, three-part video series uh, as well that's coming yes. out as well so um, you know the ideas of the quadrants of wealth and and all of that stuff I talk about in in more detail, and so I think that's really useful for people if they want to get on there and and, and subscribe, um, they're they're able to go through the process.
0: Yes, and we will definitely put a link to Joe's website and that three part like it's just a free training series. We'll put a link to that in the show notes because that would be really helpful if you're thinking about these these quadrants that uh, Joe's been speaking about in terms of your wealth. Then definitely jump into that um, training series because you're going to love it all right well it's been a pleasure joe thank you so much for joining us i feel like this is yeah you're just you're amazing thank you
1: uh, uh, likewise you're a star as you know um i um as i've told you before a number of occasions it's a big win for me to be on this uh on this um uh this potty uh with you and uh yeah uh look forward to catching up soon
0: yes Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I hope that you found that really helpful. I encourage you to check out the show notes to uh, check out that resource from Joe, the three-part training series that he's put together. It's free. You can check it out and you can learn more about his wealth management system that he teaches his clients um, so that you can build your own long-term wealth strategy as well. All right. You know the drill. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend, share it with your business bestie, share it on Instagram. Send me a DM wherever you're listening to this from. Uh, I cannot wait to connect with you further. But in the meantime, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. I hope you have a wonderful week. Go get them.